Dubs. What's up, everybody? This is the Daily Dubs Podcast. We are your hosts, Pastor Lemon, Pastor Liz. Listen, did you know? Yeah, did you know? Did you know? Back in the day, in, in the 17th century. Yes, during the medieval times. There was a plague doctor outfit that was just as scary, if not scarier, than the angel of death. Listen, I pulled it up on here on Wikipedia. It says, the clothing worn by plague doctors was intended to protect them from airborne diseases. Duh. But listen, the costume used in France and Italy in the 17th century consisted of an ankle-length overcoat. All right, so we're talking like, I know what you did last summer. An ankle-length overcoat and a bird-like beak mask. Yes, often filled with sweet or strong-smelling substances, commonly lavender, along with gloves, boots, and a wide-brimmed hat, and an outer overclothing garment. So imagine the thing from I Know What You Did Last Summer coming in (laughs) dressed like a bird demon, smelling like garlic and herbs, to come and see if you can be healed from the plague. I wouldn't even want to be seen by this doctor. And the terrifying part about it all is that it would poke you yes to examine you it had this stick that it would then poke you to see if you were you know someone they could save or if you were on your way to death getting poked by this This just bird man bird man like this creepy bird demon you're getting envisioned like the penguin man from batman you know what i'm talking about yes 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 he was super scary to me as a child when i watched it yep Imagine being in like your last moments or just things being bleak and then in walks this thing. And it's the thing that's coming to help you. Like, oh my goodness, talk about counterproductive. And it's 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 so hidden behind all these layers, you can't even tell if it's male or female or even human, really. Yep. It says the canes they carried were also used to keep people away and to remove clothing from the plague victims without having to touch them. Yeah. So it's like it's one of the most inhumane things I think humanity has ever (laughs) come up with. But you know what they dealt with the pandemic? Bird doctor. And the doctor didn't get it. Thank God it ended. (laughs) Listen. Type in Google plague doctor costume, but don't do it if you're trying to sleep tonight because I'm telling you right now, you've probably seen this thing in a scary movie or two. It's that freaky. It's the weirdest thing, man. The absolute weirdest thing. I thank God for these blue masks that you get at Target. Little because, paper thing. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's these are way better. We thought we had it rough. Nah, man. This... This could have been way worse. I'm not quite sure how effective it is versus the leather, though, because doesn't matter. The raw leather doesn't matter. Was probably nope. a little bit more. The effective. fear factor alone is worth not <laughs> seeing these people walk around like this plague doctor thing, man. Not, nah, I mean, like, goodness, you want to talk about people's prayer lives being the strongest they've ever been. If you're not even afraid of the plague, you're just afraid of the guy that comes to see you if you get the plague. Well, that's like the moment of reality. I feel like if you're sick. And you're in your bed and you're at home and your parents are like, hey, mm-hmm. doctor's going to come see you today. And in walks the bird man with yeah. a cane. Oh, yeah. You're just instantly, instantly. like, yep. I may I may actually see the Lord today. So yeah. I'm going to pray as hard as I possibly I'm gonna can. I'm going to pray as hard right as I now. can. Because the sca- nothing scarier than this guy walking into my room. The plague isn't really that scary. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm probably going to be thinking like, what's the apron for? Are you going to cut me open? What like, is going what's on? What's going on? Horrible, man. Talking about scary moments. So what would you say was one of the scariest moments of your life? One of your scariest encounters, you know, because we weren't around for the plague doctor. Thank God. 
but give me a scary human encounter that you've had. Human encounter. Yeah, like a scary like situation that you were in where like like we said like you were like God just if you can fix this right now, I'd be so happy <laughs> <laughs> because this is not at all what I want to be in at this moment. Um well, I'll say that when I was in Europe, I was traveling for work and I went by myself to Germany and I had to go from one city to another on a plane. I mean, on a on a, a train mm-hmm. to be able to get on a plane to come home, and they were like, they they sold me my ticket, you know, and I grabbed it and I saw the number on it, so I went to that platform, I went up, I was like, okay, the train is here, I got on and I went. So forty five minutes into the train ride, I realized that I'm going in the wrong direction, and yeah. I have no idea where I'm in in Germany now. Yeah, that's not and good. the countries are so small in Europe that I'm like, <laughs> what if I'm in another country already? Like, what if I, what if I've crossed the border? What if something like because they may were have crossed speaking several borders. They, they would come on the loudspeaker in, in full German and say, like, what the next stop was and who was getting off. Everybody was getting off except me. Yeah. I was, like, one of the only people left on the train, and I panicked, and I realized I was going in the wrong direction, and I didn't know when to get off. If I should get off, was it safe to get off? It was just a debacle. And Man. I prayed so hard. I, yeah. Couldn't I was, have been me. God, if you're here, nope. fix this. I wouldn't even have gotten on a train in another country. So I give you props for doing that. That's, like, that's a big deal in my book, man. A very big deal in my book. I'd say if I was to have to name one of the most, I wouldn't even say scary. I would say precarious situations I have found (laughs) myself in. So I always used to, you know, I got a huge heart. I'm a loving guy. And I used to always think, man, it's horrible when people don't have rides to get to places. So I'm driving. I'm in Cal U, rural college town. There's not many, you know people around there's like very very few people very and you small get, you get the impression that it's just the college campus right it's so small that you think okay there's people here going to college there's people here working at the college and then that's it yeah. like not many other people here so i'm driving to my apartment i'm driving up this hill nothing but mountains and hills and all that stuff rivers so i'm driving up this hill to get to my apartment i see this lady she's walking with like 45 dollar general bags like the bright yellow ones and i drive by her and i think like man i know this lady isn't walking up this hill because it was one of the kinds of hills where like there was a guardrail not to fall off and to the other side was just woods so she shouldn't have been walking up it even if she didn't have the bag so i'm like man this is crazy why is she doing this so i drive by her i'm like nah man they told me you know my mom always told me don't pick up hitchhikers so i'm driving by old lady she had to be in like her 50s or 60s and when i drive by her she yells out like oh come on like she wanted me to pick her up I was like, all right, I got to go back and get this lady. Like, this is messed up. I go back, I get her. We're driving. I'm thinking she lives in maybe like one of these rural houses. There's only a couple of them there. So I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I'll give you a ride. She's like, I live right up the hill. Thank you so much. So many people have driven by me. We're driving up the hill. I'm passing houses. I'm like, look, lady, where do you live? So she just keeps, we keep going. Then we get to like, I don't want to say the sketchiest part of California PA, but it was like. All of a sudden, I'm in the inner cities of America, and I'm like, what is going on? There's, like, craziness. I mean, like, I was instantly afraid. Like, where am I, and why did I agree to take this lady all the (laughs) way up here? I don't know where I am anymore. Like, I'm not in Kansas anymore. Seriously. I'm like, if anybody sells drugs at Cal, this is where they live. The people are looking at me when I pull in, like, who's this guy? And I'm like, if I could equate it, I would equate it to where Denzel Washington used to do all his shady business in training day. That's the kind of place <laughs> oh, it was. Wow. And I was like, I didn't even okay. know this was here at Cal U, okay? So I'm driving in. I'm like, I'm definitely about to get my car stolen. I'm about to get robbed. Like, I should not be here. This is probably why nobody else picked her up. So I let the lady out. But 
it worked out perfectly fine. But I was like, man, I should have never picked her up. Because what if, if anything would have happened to me? It would have been your fault. I would have just been a memory, man. I would have just been a memory. And I mean, I'm come on, I'm from Philadelphia. Like I've seen some pretty like hardcore places. So it wasn't just because of what it looked like. Like I know how to decipher when I'm actually in trouble and when it just looks like I might be in trouble. I'm like, nah, man, I'm in trouble. Like I didn't even <laughs> know this place existed here at Cal. It's in the cut. Like, oh, oh my goodness, the way that they're looking at me, I'm about to get got. So yeah. Definitely. And I think we were talking about this the uh, the other day, and Terry, Terry Savelle Foy, she just preached at our church yesterday, and she was saying, you attract what you expect, you know? And I was like, man, that's crazy, because I've had more than one of those experiences in my life. Why did you even life. make eye contact with this person on the side of the road? It's just who I would I not have even looked. I would have driven completely straight. It's just, I... it's just like, it's just, that's, that's like... My lot in life, like, and you know, we've been married yes. 14 years. Yes. You know that I have the ability to attract some of the most displaced by society yes. people on earth. Out of a crowded room. Out of a crowded they room. They will seek you they out. They will seek me out. Like, if at any point there's somebody who just doesn't, like, fit in, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I'm talking about, like, serious problems. Yes, you like, know what I mean? like, obvious um, issues. Yes, I'm talking, like, schizophrenia. Yes. I'm talking about, like, what, somebody Crazy who... Crazy theory, dressed a certain kind of way where, like, you could tell they either live outside or live exactly. off the land. Exactly, yes, or, yes. Um, yeah. Like, we're talking, like, schizophrenia. We're talking, like, demon-possessed. We're talking, yes. like, somebody whose brain is messed up from, like years of alcohol and drug drug abuse and all that stuff. I'm like, if there's anybody that those people are attracted to and they just make a beeline right to me, it's me. It's you. But it's never in a way that's like to harm me or anything like that. And, you know, it made me, when she said that, it made me think, like, you know what? Why am I attracting? Like, this is is legitimately who I attract. This is your life. I attract these types of people. Like, I attract outcasts i attract social outcasts and then not just social outcasts like people who don't have a lot of friends or anything like that i attract people who need help in their minds or in their spirits immediately you know what i mean like i get cornered i get found and it's like when they see me it's like we've been friends forever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> They're so comfortable. Like, we've been friends they forever. They walk right up to you and they'll start yeah. telling you about the theory of, you know, whatever it is that they f- they believe and yeah. how there's like a, a 15th planet that no yeah. one's heard about. Yep. And it's Every just time. like comfortable. Every time. Like if there's ever like a guy walking down the street, like shouting things, talking to himself, anything like that. If I'm on the same side of the street. He'll just look at you and be like, we're going to stop him. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to have a whole conversation. I was like, man, you know what, though? Like, it's absolutely true because my expectation is, and we preach it all the time, that when people encounter us, they encounter Jesus, you know? So, like, it took a long time, but I had to switch my mind from, I'm encountering these people because I'm too nice. I don't know how to say no. I don't know how to walk away, which is true. You know, if somebody tries to sell me something in the mall, I usually stand there for hours and then I finally say no. But it's because they actually do need help. And my expectation is I want to help those who the world refuses to help. You know what I mean? 
Like there's a lot of people out there that need help that some people just write off as not helpable. Like yeah. let's just medicate them, let's get them somewhere and yeah. like It's almost like that section of society like God they feel like God can't reach. Exactly. It's, it's like well if I can't talk to them in in some kind of a conversation where they will understand then then I can't minister exactly. to them. So Exactly. It's a, it's almost like you feel like people have given up on them. Right, right. And like I that's that's exactly my expectation. Like my expectation is to be able to carry the power of God at the level where I can heal the mentally unstable, you know, the people who you can have a logical conversation with them and it's not going to do anything because they need to be healed in their mind. Like if somebody's been doing drugs every day for the last 30 years, breaking down John 316 is not going to hit them yeah. on a on a logical wave plane. Like they need to be like the guy that was going around and everybody knew that he was full of demons. He was demon possessed. Yeah. And then Jesus helped him. He got set free. And the miracle was that everybody saw him sitting next to Jesus in his right mind, listening to Christ teach. Like, I'm like, God, give me that kind of like ministry, man. Give me that kind of ability. Because you think about it, a lot of people without being able to comprehend the gospel, they're just going to be, you know, they're just going to be out there not able to, not able to receive and not able to to actually know Christ, like he wants us to be healed in every single yeah. way. I mean, and if you think about even that scenario, Jesus didn't even have a chance to, you know, address the human. Right. From the moment he encountered that man, he addressed the demonic presence in him. And exactly. Removed it and then was able to see the man. Mm-hmm. But he didn't even, he couldn't even address the man at the time he met him. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, I'd say that's something to think about, man, for everybody listening. That's something to think about. You attract what you expect and it's not always just in things but it's also it's spiritually as well ministerially yeah you attract what you expect so if you expect and you have the faith to heal depression and set people free from depression or set people free from anxiety or you have an ability to just speak into people's lives and encourage them you're going to attract the discouraged you know you're going to attract the sick and the needy i think also like whatever you whatever you're like a passionate or anointed to talk about mm-hmm. or or to to reveal is what you will then have like right. if you're passionate about healing then you will probably attract people in sickness yeah you know if you're passionate about seeing people broken from the curse of poverty then mm-hmm. you're gonna attract people who are bound in debt and right. you're gonna speak exactly. that life into them because you're you're passionate about it. you're anointed to do it so exactly you know you have to understand that everything that happens to you is is not a coincidence it's, it's not a coincidence at all and you got to be ready for it because if you're not ready for it you'll miss the opportunities because it will seem inconvenient or it'll seem abstract. You know and I think mean? also the biggest point also to make on, on the tales of that is there's a pattern. Right. You know, I, right. I think you've identified your pattern and yeah. now you're asking God, okay, God, why and what should I do with it? Mm-hmm. But I think if you just look at your life as this, everything happens just coincidentally or whatever, then you're never going to realize the pattern and you're never going to hear what God is trying to tell you or how he's trying to use you. Right. You know, and so I exactly. think it's always looking at your life intentionally. I tell everybody I meet, if you've met me, it's for a reason. It's yeah. it's not just because you're cool and I'm cool and we should hang out. Mm-hmm. It's, there's an absolute divine reason why we're together exactly. in this moment, in this space. Exactly. And if like staying in tune with God, staying in tune with Holy Spirit will help us. It helps us to yeah. know that this is absolutely where I need to be and what I need to be doing. You and know? there's a level of confidence, you know, there, there's, you feel capable because I know for right. me, you know, I always attract people who are deeply broken on mm-hmm. the inside. 
and, and there's like a level of sadness that I can always like perceive in the spirit. It's it's like I'll meet somebody who's perfectly happy, smile on their face, family looks great, they look great, but I can just feel this sense of heaviness or sadness on their lives, and it's mm-hmm. been like a pattern in my life. And so I've I've asked God like this is the pattern I see. What do you want me to do? And it's it's this you know it's using the truth of god to bring true joy and happiness and to let them find out for themselves how to heal that 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 hurt inside of them but it's recognizing the pattern yeah yeah because if we if without recognizing it and without recognizing the situations that we're in you know and i feel like it comes a lot from us thinking that life is just we're just going along with the flow. Yep. You know what I mean? That God's not really that intentional about stuff or he's only intentional about what's on the forefront of our minds. Because yep. a lot of people will say, like, I want to see God use me. I want to be used by God in a great way or God, tell me what you want from me. What's your plan for my life? And then, you know, you'll meet six people in one day that are are what? Depressed and hate their lives. Or you'll meet a whole bunch of people or every single situation you get in, it's the same type of situation. And you're just like, man, I hate this situation. You know what I mean? I hate always getting the phone calls and people saying, you know, this is what I need to know. Or can you explain this Bible verse to me? Or can you show me how to do this? It's like, take a second and look at it because you attract what you expect. So us expecting God to use us and us expecting God to work in a certain way, especially now, we know. It's the end. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's the end. We know what God is doing. We know that the latter glory is greater than the former glory. So now, more than ever, we're going to see God being displayed on the street. We're going to see God doing things in workplaces, in Sunoco gas stations, in sheets everywhere where we don't really expect it. God's going to do it. That's what Jesus did. God, yeah. Jesus, he taught in synagogues, but most of his ministry, most of the miracles will just him on the street. You yeah. know, he's thirsty. He goes to get some water. Now you got the lady and at I the well. I think it comes from compartmentalizing our lives and, you know, expecting God just to move within the confines of the space that we right. give him. Exactly. Like, God, I've given you Sunday from 9 to 12. Mm-hmm. That's your space. Yeah. You get to operate within that block. Yeah. This other life that I'm living, that's just me hanging out with my friends. Right. That's just me going to the mall. Right. That's just me, you know, shopping. And God wants your whole life. The whole thing. You know, we're supposed to be living sacrifices. And we can't put it in the box to say, God, I know that I want a ministry that heals the broken and sets the captives free. And it has to look like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like one of my greatest prayers was always, God, use me to heal the things that most people give up on. Like, shoot, I remember the moment where I was reading in the Bible and it was talking about all the blind people that Jesus was giving sight. And then it hit me. Wow, there would be a ton more blind people on earth if it wasn't for surgeries and corrective lenses. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people would not be able to see. So he was healing a lot of people. He was, blindness was a major issue. He was giving a lot of people 20 20 vision. Like they weren't just like, I can't see anything blind. blind. They They were were like, I can't see well enough to function blind. Like there was a lot of legally blind people. And, and deteriorating vision type yeah. people. So Jesus was literally healing people left and right. Yeah. Left and right in the streets on his regular just living life. And I'm like, all right, so if that's what I want, it's going to look a lot different than me going from meeting to meeting or ballroom to ballroom or, hey, yeah. I'm going to go out today and I'm going to heal from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock. 
because that's when I've set up my healing meeting or that's when I told people to meet me here for healing prayer. It's going to have to be every single day. You know what the funny thing is, is that you're never going to, in your natural sense, feel capable to deal with the situation. It's, It's just knowing again, the pattern mm-hmm. and the purpose and the intentionality of God, yep. that if you met somebody who has a need and you're the only person there with Christ in you, that you're fully capable exactly. of dealing with it. Yeah. And that's like the biggest thing that I was a- was able to understand and the biggest revelation I got because I would meet people who were like deeply hurt, I mean, mm-hmm. like a lifetime of pain. Yeah. And I would just be like, God, I don't know what to tell them. Yeah. And he would be like, well, I'm glad you don't know what to tell them because if you just read the book I left, mm-hmm. you can give them that and it'll work every single time. Exactly. So I was, per- I, I knew that I was capable. I knew that I was, you know, the right person, that I was qualified. Mm-hmm. And that's what changed my perspective because I think a lot of times you do meet the person in depression where you're like, I know I feel called to ministry. I know I feel called to do this, but like, I'm not ready. Right. It's like, what says you're ready? What says you're ready or not exactly. ready? Do you have Christ in you today? Yeah. And yeah. you're ready. And look back over your life. Has this been, is this what's been going on since forever? You know, because God uses us, but he's had a plan for us since before the world was made. Yeah. So he's always made us to be the people that we are becoming with Christ being formed in us, us turning into Christ and the assignment that he has for us. The Bible says it. Uh, Pastor Joey talked about it when she was talking about Masterpiece this week and in Ephesians 2, that he has good works prepared for us yeah. since before like for before time began he's had these good works we're a masterpiece so knowing that what god has for you has always been for you you're just playing catch up and you're just getting on god's same page he's been chomping at the bits he's like look i wish they would just hurry up and get in line with what i've always wanted for them because there's people out there that need what i put them on earth to do yeah i mean that's my daily prayer is there's actually a psalms i I know it's one something, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But it talks about being knit together in your mother's womb and all this stuff and how he knew us before. And then, and then it says that he has already prepared mm-hmm. the good works yep. and the great exploits that I'm going to do even yeah. before I arrived. Yeah. He had already prepare, prepared yep. those moments, those appointments, those exactly. great exploits, the greatness for my life. Mm-hmm. He's already planned it out. So it's up to me to just walk in it. Yeah. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put it off. I'm not gonna be like, hey God, you had this thing planned for 2020, but I'm not ready yet. Right. So can you reschedule that for yeah. 2035? He's gonna be like, no, it was planned since before you got here. Yeah. You're perfectly capable of perfectly doing capable it. I made you it. in your mother's womb yeah. for this exact moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and understanding that, it's like, well then let's do it then. Yeah. It's crazy because if you think about it, think about it, it's like we convince ourselves that we can't do it, but really we can do it just because of who he's made us. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like a hammer saying, I can't hammer things because I still don't understand how it works. It's like you're a hammer. Yeah. If you get swung and you strike the nail, the nail is going to go where it needs to yeah. go. I mean, it happened to me personally because I always felt like, you know, being a mother was such a daunting task. I'm like, how can I raise a child? How can I make sure everything happens well and make sure that this person turns out to be a good contributing member in society? And then I had that moment where I was just laying in bed with my little girl and I turned around and looked at you and I said, Man, it's like I was made for this. Yeah. And you, your response was, well, you came with all the parts. Came with all the parts. <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? Like, and it, 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 yeah. it's, it, that's exactly how it goes even with your divine assignment mm-hmm. is you've been made with your personality, exactly. your tone of voice, yep. your characteristics because you were created and fashioned for a specific mm-hmm. job on this planet. Yep. That brings us to our verse of the day. We're going to wrap up. Read it. It's Acts chapter 17. It says exactly that. Acts chapter 17, it's starting Acts with verse... Chap- 24. Oh, 
1724, not 2417. 1724. 1724. Yep. Here I come. 1724 says... One of my favorite verses. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives life to all breath and all things. Mm -hmm. He has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth, and he has determined their appointed times and their boundaries for their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Yep. One of the best verses, man. I love this verse. I love the verses that prove that God, one, has a plan for all of us. Yeah. Two, is intentional about everything he's done. And three, that what are what we think about him isn't necessarily true. He said that he has put us where we are. He has determined our pre-appointed times and the boundaries of our dwellings so that we should seek him in the hope that by groping for him, we will find him. Yeah. Even though he's not far. So it's like God is right there with all of us. He's right there with us. He's here. He's not far yeah. away, hoping that we would just feel around for him, hoping that when I'm in sheets and I get in another situation where I'm like, man, this guy needs help in his mind, that I would just think, okay, God, I know you're here. I know you're here. I'm going to feel around for you. I know you're with me. I know I'm not by myself. And you've put me here in this time yeah. where I'm living to do what I'm going to do right now. Yeah. You set this up so that I'll find you because I can give Christ to people. But what you want for me and giving you to other people is to find you while I'm giving you yeah. to other people. So you set this up for me. You set this up for you because you're not far. Everything is the pre-appointed time, the pre-appointed boundary, where we live, doing what we're doing so that we should seek him and hope that we might grope for him and find him because he's not far from us. And then and it says, uh, it says, in him we live and move and have our being. Yeah. Like, because we're in him. And I think the practicalness of it, which I think he's made it even easier for us as believers right now in this time, because we have the word of God, that the word of God is what we have tangibly to grab onto. Yeah. So like if I'm in a, in a gas station and I'm, I'm presented with someone who obviously needs the Lord and I'm groping for him in that moment, I can actually grab a scripture, yep. like a tangible scripture in mm -hmm. my mind and be like, no, I've been created. This yep. is a divine appointment by God. This is, this is one of the great exploits that I was made on this planet to do and I can take that and then use that as the faith that I need to give that person Jesus mm -hmm. in that moment so I feel like the word of God has become like the tangible thing oh yeah that we can when we reach for God and we grope for him we can pick up the word of God and have something tangible to hold exactly. on to to be able to to encounter him yeah and all of his promises are yes and amen we can take all of his word as the truth you know he exalts his word above his name so if he said it we can hold on to it. We can believe it. It's so good, man. can't believe we actually filmed our first episode. When I say it's been a long time coming, it's been a long time coming. But I feel like the time is right, and this is exactly when this was ordained to happen. So get ready, man. Daily Dubs Podcast. We're going to be dropping stuff every single yep. day. Every sure single subscribe. day. Every single day. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a rate. Leave us a review. If you hate and you leave a bad review, whatever, it's okay. It's not going to stop it from being the Daily Dubs podcast regardless. And if you keep listening, I guarantee we'll change your mind. So any closing, any closing statements that you would like to give? No. Well, definitely Google Creepy 
plague doctor <laughs> costume. Okay, it's worth knowing. This is history. It's worth knowing. Don't do it with anybody under the age of 12 around because it will definitely scare them. And be blessed. We love you. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Yep. Peace. <laughs>